0: Amen. amen, amen, you may be seated today i 'm really excited about our brand new series again, Find a Friend for the End of the world and uh we 're not trying to be uh, create this doomsday uh prepper series where we're going to encourage you to buy lots of water and and lots of things if you're doing that awesome knock yourself out but it's not what it's really about it really is about us finding the friend in jesus but before i um dive into that i wanted to take just a moment again to say thank you for every one of you that participated in the relief effort with with the hurricane harvey that we did in houston yeah give yourself a big hand um, just a little a week over a week ago, um, Amarillo Fellowship, this church here, along with five other churches, the Church in Canyon two churches in Amarillo, a church in Denton and a church in Shawnee, Oklahoma, we loaded up a semi-load full of water, diapers, canned goods, um, all kinds of things, and sent that down there to our our church that we're partnering with, Celebration of Life Church. Um, So many of you brought stuff. Uh, Some of you just gave money. In fact, we literally gave thousands of dollars um, to participate, and we want to let you know um, that we're still praying about and strategically thinking about um, what it is that God would have us to do. To do more, uh, because um, for us, it's kind of out of the news now, and we can have a tendency to kind of go, well, that's kind of over. For a lot of people in the Houston area, it's actually just beginning, and there's a, a lot that we're going to be able to participate with them, and we want you to know that every dollar you're giving is going to help that relief effort, and so we just really appreciate you doing that. We also appreciate you being so faithful with the Tithe and Offering. The Bible says that we return the tithe to the Lord, to the storehouse, and that's so that that we can do the things that God has called us to do. Uh, Last Sunday, we had 14 people that either for the very first time or rededications gave their life to Christ. Yes. That... That is what we participate in when we give and we invest. It's about changed lives. It's not about buildings. It's not about salaries, though we've got all those things that we've got to pay for the building. Um, the electric company doesn't call us up and say, hey, y'all are a church. Don't worry about the electric bill this month. Um, we still have to pay that, and y'all help us do that create this incredibly comfortable environment where we get to come in and we get to hear the word of God. And so we just want to tell you, thank you for doing that. And one of the things that we're doing with the money that you're giving is we're investing in other churches also. Um, We believe that we're conduits, that God blesses us so that we can be blessed, just so you know, for those of you that grew up with just, God blesses you just so you can be a blessing to other people and you can't actually be blessed. That's not true. God blesses us so that we can be blessed, but also so that we can be a blessing to other people. In fact, I would say this, the level that you're blessed is the level that you're able to be a blessing to others. And so we really believe that. And, and we're a part of an organization called ARC. And it means Association of Related Churches. This organization has a goal of planting 2,000 churches. And so um, most every weekend there are churches being planted. But this weekend, there are 36 churches being planted brand new first Sunday. Yeah. That's something that we're participating in. All the way from California to Florida, all the way up to New York, there are churches that for the very first time are having services this weekend. So that's pretty cool. So it's awesome that our giving changed 14 people's lives last week, but we're literally going to have the opportunity to change people's lives all over the United States. In fact, because we give to missions, it literally goes all over the world, but it's because of your faithful giving. And so I just want to just to take a moment just to say thank you for that. So with all these things going on in our world, people are asking this question, are we in the last days? Are we in the last days? Is this the end of the world as we know it? And I feel fine, right? Is this the end of the world as we know it? Well, you know, at some level, it's always the end of the world as we know it. When the internet came about, it was the end of the world as we knew it. That life changed forever because of the internet when the automobile was born now, Most of you remember the internet, but most of you don't remember the automobile when the automobile came about It was the end of the world as we know it But what they're really asking is this really the end times are we living in the last days? And so I wanted to start off today sharing a verse with you then and this is Jesus And he's talking about his return and he's telling us this. Um, Again, I want to really encourage you to take notes, write down some of these verses so that you can go back and look at them. But in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, and we'll always have the scriptures up here for you to be able to follow along. But Jesus is talking and he's saying this, about that day, about the day when it all ends or the hour, no one knows. Alright, so if someone has named a date in a message, or if they have named a date in a book, they don't know. Alright, now there's there's some educated guesses that they can have based on prophecy, but no one knows. And he continues, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Jesus is saying, I don't even know, but only the Father You see, one of the things that I believe is Jesus doesn't know, but I believe he's in heaven right now poised, ready to go get his bride, the church. That he's looking at the Father, he's saying, is it time yet? And he's got his eye on the earth saying, hey, I'm ready to go get my bride. He's poised and ready to come and get us all. But the question is, is what do we do in the meantime? What do we do while we're waiting? Because we have all of these crazy things going on around us. Don't, don't y'all agree we're living in a really crazy time? Really some crazy things like having two devastating hurricanes back to back. First Harvey and then Irma. There, this past week there was earthquake in Mexico. The threat of nuclear war is very real with North Korea Um, You know, they over the last couple of weeks have actually launched two long-range missiles Terrorism that is happening all over the world Christians that are being beheaded people that are being killed and and blown up And it does feel like that we live in a very unique generation Like that like there are some very unique things that are going on right now So the question is what are we to do? As followers of Jesus Christ, what are we to do? Well, there's a verse in 1 Chronicles where God kind of gives a shout out to a group of people that knew what to do. So it's important as followers of Jesus Christ that we know what to do. In fact, here's what it says. It's talking about the men of Issachar, that they did two things. They first of all understood the times and they knew what Israel should do. So I want to help you understand or discern the times that we live in, to to recognize where we're at. And all of us need to know what to do. All of us need to understand that. Because what we don't need to do right now is become fearful or afraid. We don't need to be panicking, or we don't need to just be idle, And we certainly don't need to be confused about what's going on. We need to understand the unique generation that we live in, and we need to know what to do. So, with God's help, what I want to do during this series, I want to encourage you not to miss any of the teachings, is that I want to give you what the Word of God has to say and show you not only the season that we live in and how close we actually may be to Christ's return, but also what you and I should be doing right now. So, Let me start off by sharing one of the foundational beliefs of our church and other churches that are Christian, and that is the second coming of Jesus Christ. You need to know that Jesus Christ is coming again. Let me say that again for you. Jesus Christ is coming again. Now, if that does not excite you today, I want you to know that your wood's wet, and you need to relight a fire inside of you and recognize that Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, is coming again. This is going to happen, and some generation is going to see the coming of Jesus Christ. So in Acts chapter 1, we see this verse, and Jesus is about ready to return to his father. He had lived here on earth for 33 years and had an earthly ministry. He died to pay for the sins of mankind. And he gives these final instructions, and one of the final instructions that he gives is the Great Commission. Now, we read about the Great Commission, and we think, okay, God's talking to those disciples to go do that. That was kind of awesome that he told them to do that. He didn't just give the commission to them, he gave it to all of them that are here, that are followers of Jesus Christ. God has called all of us to go and make disciples. Pastor Richie, I can't preach. No, but you've got a part in the body of Jesus Christ that is incredibly important. All the things that you see happening here on Sunday don't happen just because I preach. There are people that come and they serve, they serve you, they do, they take care of your wonderful kids. Notice I didn't say that you take care of your wonderful kids. They take they they minister to your young people. They they're preparing coffee. Thank you, Jesus, for people that are taking care of coffee. They've got bananas out there. And for those of you not quite as fit, the donuts out there, right? That not as fit focus, I should say. Because some of you can eat but eat donuts and be totally fine. But People are prepared. And it's all about the discipleship process. See, what we're trying to do as a congregation is we're trying to remove every obstacle that keeps people from hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. So if somebody walks in the morning, they're going, Oh man, I didn't get time to get breakfast. Oh, they've got donuts. I love this place. I will never leave this place, right? Or man, their kids are screaming the entire way to church and they're going, Oh, Lord, I get, don't know if I could put up with them through the service. They get into, oh, there's child care. Oh, God bless. I love this church. I'm gonna be here forever. So God's call of us. That's why we encourage you to go through the growth track. Like we're not trying to tag one more thing on, on your agenda, but we want to help you discover your purpose. Because you have a purpose. And that purpose is a part of a local body where we're, none of us are as good as all of us. So we, it's about what we're all doing, which is why we encourage you to go get plugged into a small group. Because in that small group, you may have walked through some stuff that you're going to get connected with someone who's now walking through something that you walked through several years ago. And you're going to be able to talk about the goodness of God. And you're going to be able to share with them, let me tell you what God did in my life. That song we were singing, I've seen you move, I've seen you move the mountains. Some people are facing a mountain that you've already seen God move. And when you can begin to talk about what God did in your life, you're going to encourage other people. See, it's about... What all we're doing, we're all involved in the Great Commission. So Jesus gave the Great Commission, and then he told them to tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit coming in your life. Listen, you need the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. It begins to change everything. Then he ascends to, into heaven, and this is what this account of what is happening in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, it says, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white, these are angels, stood beside them and said, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? It's because Jesus had just gone up, right? Yeah, that still wasn't funny. You know, I thought it would be funny in the first service and it wasn't, and it wasn't funny in this service either. So men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, then catch this. Who was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. So Jesus is outside of Jerusalem; he's on the Mount of Olives, and he ascends into heaven. And then two men, these angels, are standing beside him, and they let them know that one day Jesus is going to return to the very spot in which the way, in the place that they saw him leave. Now we don't know the day or the hour. We don't, but we can know the signs and we can know and understand the season because the Bible has a lot to say about the end times. It it, it does because the Bible doesn't want you to be in the dark about the end times. It doesn't want you to be fearful and afraid and anxious about the end times. That's why we're doing this series because let me show you one verse where Jesus is talking about this and he's saying, look, I'm not gonna tell you the day because look, I don't even know. And he says this in Luke chapter 21, another verse you might wanna write down. He says this, Talking about the last days again, that there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. So there's these things that are happening that are out of the ordinary. How many of you know that's been happening? A lot of amazing things are happening right now. On the earth, nation will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. The hurricanes, doesn't that describe what's happening now? People will faint from Terror. Again, people are are terrified about the terrorism. Again, nuclear war in North Korea. Apprehensive what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Again, just a few days ago, earthquake in in Mexico. So what Jesus is saying is that when you see these signs, this is the, the ramping up of what is happening in the world. That is the sign. We're beginning to see all of these signs. Verse 27. At that time, they will see the Son of Man, talking about Jesus, coming in a cloud with power and great glory. 28, and when these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your head, you need to pack your bags, that's my part in there, because your redemption is drawing near. This is exciting. Let me say that again. This is actually exciting that Jesus is coming back and we could be the generation that sees his return. Listen, as and as exciting as this is for some of you, I know that there are some of you that this creates a lot of apprehension for. Some of you are very fearful, you're very anxious and you're because there's a lot of uncertainty tied to it. Some of it's because you're hoping to get married before Jesus comes back. And you're saying, "Lord, if you could just postpone till I get married, right?" And what typically happens is you pray that, and then you get married, and if you get in a bad marriage, you're praying, oh, Lord, come quickly, right? (laughs) In fact, I kind of have a funny story to share with you. There was these two West Texas pastors that pastored churches across the road from each other, and they were both one day putting up signs, and one of the signs said, the end is near. The other one said, turn around before it's too late. About that time, a man drove by, and he rolled down his window and said, you crazy Christian phonetics. Drove around the corner and all of a sudden you heard a bam, big loud crash. And the, the two pastors looked at each other and one said, you think we should have changed our sign to the bridges out? <laughs> Little comic relief there as we talk about this. So the question is, are we living in the last days? Is this it? And I know that what some of you are thinking, if you're like me, you grew up in church and you're saying, every generation has taught that. Every generation thought, we are, we are, the, we are the generation that's going to see the coming of Christ. I remember in 1976, if y'all remember, it was a bicentennial, bicentennial year. And I remember my pastor saying, I don't believe that we'll see 1977 before the coming of the Lord. Now that's been a few years ago, right? And so every generation has thought this, but listen, I actually think that's healthy. I do I think that it's healthy for us to be thinking we could be the generation because honestly every generation could be the generation And I think it's healthy because what it causes us to do is to live our life like God is coming back tomorrow Man, there is nothing like a heightened awareness of the coming of God to get people back in church To get people back in the word of God to get their focus where it's been on all these other things suddenly back on the goodness of God so what we need to do is we need to live like God is coming back in the next moment, but we need to plan like he's not coming back for the next hundred years. So I do want to, however, make a case that this very well might be the generation. Man, I, and again, I don't know how, how much that excites you, but man, that excites me. Because there are some things that are very unique to our generation. Because it's not that just signs are being fulfilled, but it's that all of these signs are being fulfilled at the same time. There's a lot of things happening. And here's one of the reasons why. If you're taking notes, a reason why I think that we might be the generation. The first one is worldwide satellite technology. Worldwide satellite technology, it's, it's, it's unique to our generation and it's, and it's a real important issue to the end time because in Revelations chapter 11, I want to kind of real quickly just give you the cliff notes, but you might want to go read that chapter. This is during the seven year um, tribulation of God's wrath. There's going to be seven years of, of tribulation that are going to be horrible. Now, you're, you're going to read, if you're reading a lot of things, you're going to find that there are some people that are pre trib Mid-trib and post-trib people that believe they're going to be out before the tribulation Which is what I believe because I don't believe that God puts his children of Israel I mean his children through wrath. I don't think that God wants us to go through wrath We already live in a fallen world and deal with some stuff There are some people about halfway through God's going to take them out and the other one at the very end But this is during the seven-year tribulation of God's wrath There are going to be two witnesses that are going to be proclaiming the gospel and the Antichrist and the beast will murder them. And their bodies are going to lie in the streets for three and a half days. And the Bible says this, and this is why I want you to understand why this is so important. Because the Bible says that every nation in the world will witness it at the same time. That, could have not, that couldn't have happened before satellite technology. That we could have seen videos days later and different things, but literally now, you and I can be here in Amarillo, Texas, and we can see things instantly happening in Jerusalem. So it's one of the reasons why I believe that we could very well be the generation. Here's another reason why, and write this one down. Worldwide financial technology. fact you need to look at revelations chapter 13 for this and what you'll see is the antichrist under the guise of trying to kind of bring all the world together and unify the world he actually has another plan by the way will create a one world currency and the only way that you'll be able to buy and sell is for you to take the mark of the beast now, some of you have heard that before, which by the way, if you get left behind, don't take the mark of the beast, all right? But you'll have to take the mark of the beast and what will happen is something will either get put on your hand or on your forehead. Why, why either place? Because everybody has a forehead, but not everybody has a hand. And so it'll be a little bit more convenient if it's on your hand. Now, it's probably chip technology that we have today. But some of you are going, oh no, it definitely is. Listen, when credit cards came out, People thought for sure that credit cards were the mark of the beast. They were a prequel to what's going to happen. So it very well may be chip technology where, again, it'll probably be put in your hand or in your forehead. You know, I'm not sure what that's going to look like when you're at Walmart and you check checking out and you go, beep. Okay, there, <laughs> just go ahead and check on out. That's kind of funny, isn't it? Um, but this technology for a while has been put in animals. In fact, many of your dogs have them so that even if your dogs run away and you were hoping they wouldn't come back, they find you somehow because there's technology that is in them. Um, Also, (laughs) my poor daughter-in-love up here, every time I make a dog reference, just, okay. So they've been put in animals, but you don't realize that they're being put in humans now. In fact, in July, there was an article in the New York Times that talked about a Wisconsin uh, company that is actually putting chips, microchips, inside of their employees to have this kind of information. So, what does all of this mean? And why am I sharing this with you? I want you to know I'm not trying to scare you. I- I'm really not. I'm trying to get you excited about what's happening. We need to recognize as followers of Jesus Christ, this is not our home. That's why sometimes we don't, we don't feel right when we're here. Because we're, right, we're the righteousness of God in the middle of a very unrighteous generation. And so this is not our home. In fact, I think that the, the return of Jesus Christ should do three things for us. And I want you to, again, write these down today. The first one is, Christ's return should comfort us. Let me say that again. Christ's return should comfort us. And I, I want to say this to everyone that is going through something right now, that is probably the majority of people here today, that, that in your life, you're thinking, life stinks, Because you're dealing with some stuff, you're dealing with some financial issues, you're dealing with some relationship issues, you're dealing with some health issues. Maybe you have even recently lost a loved one. That there are miracles that God does on this earth. And I am so thankful for the miracles that God's done in my life, the times that he's healed me, the times that he has provided for me. But listen, there is a greater miracle that takes place in heaven. Let me say that again. There is a greater miracle that takes place in heaven. One day we're going to heaven. One day we're going to heaven. We we will be free from all of the issues. We'll be able to join the loved ones who have gone before us, who are already free from all the pain, sorrow, and suffering that we're dealing with right now. Listen, because some of you really need to hear this. Don't get so fixated on this earth because this earth will let you down it will disappoint you and i know that it can be hard because of god's amazing blessing in our life many of you are like me you just you're so amazed at the way that god blesses you you're literally saying all the time all of this and heaven too right it's just so amazing what god's doing and we are we are a generation that is blessed like no other generation We have things available to us, technology and different things that just in a moment you can understand and learn things. We're incredibly blessed. But listen, this is not our home. And we'll soon join those who have gone on before. For those of you that, man, you still are grieving in your heart about lost loved ones. Listen, I've lost my, my, my dad and my mom and two sisters. And as much as I would love for them to be here with me today, I am so glad that they are in a place where they're free from pain. They're free from sorrow. They're free from suffering. And I'm going to get to see them again. I'm going to get to hang out with them again and spend some time with them again. In fact, here's Paul's teaching on the end times, really specifically dealing with those that have fallen asleep, First Thessalonians 4, another scripture you want to write down. Beginning in verse 15, it says, according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, talking about when Jesus comes back, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Notice how the Bible describes those who have left this earth before us, that they're falling asleep. When, when we pass from this life, we literally breathe our last life here and our next life in heaven with God, all right? They actually go before us. Watch this. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. He's going to come back one day with a loud command, with a voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Yes. Reading on verse 17. After that, we who are still alive are, and are left will be caught up the the greek word there literally means to snatch suddenly it's where we that's the latin word the latin word is the word raptare and it's where we get our word rapture when the when the body of jesus christ is going to be snatched suddenly snatched up into the air with the lord that rapture is not actually in the Bible, that word, but that's what it means to, to suddenly snatch. Going on together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the, ever, in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Forever. That's why his return should comfort us. That the loved ones who aren't here, we're going to be caught up with them and enjoy heaven together place where we're going to walk on streets of gold the lion's going to be laying down beside the lamb we're going to be in the presence of god we're no longer just going to have to live by faith we're going to see the reality of the faith that we're living right now see that's why the bible tells us in verse 18 therefore richie therefore other christians encourage one another with these words listen i love amarillo I do. I love being here. Every time I go somewhere else, I am so glad when I come back. And I love the amazing, amazing life that I get to enjoy. But heaven is going to be so much better. It's going to be so amazing. So be comforted with the Lord's coming. Here's the second thing Jesus Christ's return should prepare us. First one is comfort us, the, the second one is it should prepare us. Again, God does not want you to be in the dark about his coming. That is why there are over 300 references in the New Testament alone on the end times and the return of Jesus Christ. It's in 23 of the 27 books in the New Testament. And there on top of that, there are a lot of wonderful books, scholars who have studied this and and have read this, that, that you can read so that you can know more about it. Because God doesn't want you to be in the dark about it. If you choose to, listen, I'm, I'm not a huge um, eschatology person. The end times, I, I love it and I have a, an understanding of it. But there are some people that, man, they live for the end times. And that's awesome. It really is because it's an important part of the body of Christ. So there's some great books out there that you can read if you're going, man, I want to really know this. I want to understand this. Because, again, God doesn't want you to be in the dark to where you're freaked out about things going on around you. Understand that God has a plan. And that God's plan for you is incredible. And it will create incredible confidence in his goodness and his plan for you. Listen, and it prepares us to be able to handle all the things that are going on around us. All right? Let's continue with Paul's teaching going to the next chapter in 1 Thessalonians 5. And he says this. Now, brothers and sisters. Now, notice that he's talking to Christians. About times and dates, we do not need to write you. We don't know anyway, so we might as well not write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Verse 3, while people, now this is talking about people of the world, non-Christians, are saying peace and safety. They're saying, everything's fine, look, I don't need to worry about anything, man, I'm, I'm financially set, I don't really need God, don't need to worry about any of those things. Destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Verse 4, but you, brothers and sisters, talking about Christians again, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. So while there's a lot of people who are going to be completely shocked that it happened, we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be. We're prepared. That, by the way, is the reason why how you live matters. Let me say that again. That's the reason why how you live matters. Because we're prepared for the fact that Jesus is coming again. I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm preparing for it. I'm, I'm, I'm focused on it. I'm, I'm following everything that God's asking me to do. Not because if I do that, he's going to love me more. But he's coming back. I want to be about what he's about when he comes back. Last year, I had a son that got married, and this December, um, I have another son that's getting married, and there's a lot of preparation to make that happen. Now, I'm in probably about 10% of the meetings, and I'm already wore out from all the preparation because there's so many decisions, so many details, and all these things that you have to work out for about a 20 to 30 minute ceremony. I mean, you prepare for years, months, and all of a sudden, it's that's it. Okay, that was awesome, right? Listen. The Bible says this about the church, that we are the bride of Christ. And one day we will be wedded or reunited with Jesus in heaven. So in the same way that you would prepare for a wedding, you need to be prepared as the bride of Christ. Amen? We need to be prepared. And since I'm going to be a bride, this isn't a good time to be dating other guys. It's not a good time to be walking with one hand in the world and one hand in the church. See, I want to be prepared for that day. I I think that it might bother my future husband. Think about that spiritually for just a moment. We actually just apply it in the natural. You're about ready to get married and your wife to be or your husband to be is out dating other people. You wouldn't like it. Listen, we got to be prepared for that day. We need to be prepared for what am I doing right now? How focused? Are, it's not fearful and anxious and i and I got to beat myself up. It's just going, you know what? I'm looking forward to my return, returning bride or bro- groom. So, therefore, as the bride of Jesus Christ, I'm doing what I can to, to make sure I look as good as I possibly can. Yeah. You know, right before people get married, man, they work out. They do all kinds of things. They tan. They do all kinds of things so they look good. Right? right? We need to be preparing for the, as being bride of Christ. So we're comforted, we're prepared. Third thing. Jesus Christ' return should focus us. It should create this. We've been distracted all over the place down to a laser focus. First Thessalonians five going on in verse five. "You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness, so then let us not be like others, like everyone else, who are asleep. But let us be awake and sober. This is not a good time to be distracted by a lot of things that are temporal. Listen, there are a lot of good things going on in our life. And I am not here to diss any of the things that are good that are going on in your life. Like your jobs, things with your kids. All of those things are good things. But good things should never take the priority of best things. And things that are eternal will matter for eternity. That's why in the last series, I asked you this question in a hundred years from now, what are you going to be glad that you focused on? I promise you're not going to be wishing that you had spent more time. I guess the the question is focused on right now. Let me say that again. In a hundred years from now, what are you going to be glad that you focused on right now? Are you going to be glad that you spent more time at work? Are you going to be glad that you ran your kids around to their classes and different things? No, you're going to be glad that your children made heaven. You're going to be glad that you did what you could to be a part of a body of Jesus Christ so that all your friends and all your family could come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So we got to make sure that we're not focused on the temporal things, but we're focused on things that are eternal. Are we living in the last days? Listen, if you thought they were, if you thought that Jesus is coming Back before the Cowboys kick off today at 325, how would it change your day? How would it change the way that you live? Would, would it matter? If it would, then yes, we are living in the last days compared in the light of eternity. Because for most of us, we've got 80 years tops left. Most of us, probably a little bit less than that. But listen, we're living in our last days compared to eternity. And what matters for eternity is the thing that I want to be focusing on right now in my life. I want to focus on things that are eternal, not things that are temporal. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? Again, we need the, the return of Jesus Christ should really focus us We've been distracted by a lot of things, a lot of good things. We need to make sure that we're focused on eternal things. Let me close with this passage today. This is Jesus talking, and he's talking about the end times again. And he's going to give us another verse, Matthew 24. If you're taking notes, Matthew 24, verse 37. It says, when the Son of Man returns, when Jesus returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time that Noah entered into his boat. 39, people didn't realize, they, they weren't awake, they, they weren't focused what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in a field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the meal, one will be taken and the other left. So you too must keep watch. You and I, we need to stay awake. We need to be focused today, for you don't know that what day your Lord is coming. Here's Jesus' takeaway from all that he just taught, how how we actually apply the lesson. He said, understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch. He'd be sitting in his lazy lazy chair with Mr. Browning sitting right there, (laughs) come on in, right? And not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time for the son of man will come when least expected that's why we're having this series that so that we understand that we are living in very unique times so are we living in the last days is the world going to end on september 23rd you know that's something that's being said well again i want to invite you to come back next week on september 24th and we'll let you know (laughs) the answer to that So are we living in the last days? Honestly, I don't know. It, it appears that way. But I, I have to let you know that neither does anyone else. And so, again, don't get too fixated on a date. There's a lot of amazing things that are related to what's happening next week. So, man, wouldn't it be awesome if we just said, okay, this may not be the date, the 23rd. But, man, I want to live this week like it's going to be the 23rd. I'm going to be praying a little bit more for some of my family members. I'm going to be talking to some of my family members. And then if it's not on the 23rd, we just continue to act like that, knowing that it could be on the 1st. It could be on the 8th of October. It could be on the 17th of October are we living in the last days again I don't know but there's a lot of interesting things that are happening and listen if you already know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior with this end time understanding you need to be comforted you need to recognize oh man Lord I've loved my life I'm so thankful for what's happening here but God I can't wait to be in heaven with you you should be prepared you should recognize all these signs are going on around you. These are just the beginning of the birth pains. And you should live your life focused in light of eternity. Because whether it's the last days or not, there are a lot of things that matter for eternity that you and I should be focused on. We live in a city that needs Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for the values that, that run through Amarillo. But do you realize that there is a huge percentage, way over 50% of our city that is not plugged in and involved in anywhere into a local church. Pastor Richie, there's so many churches already. Listen, the church needs to be the church. There's so many people that, that need Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There are people that need to be encouraged. You know, again, it's why we ask you to be involved, to be plugged in, to come early even, and just connect with some people because you never know when you're gonna speak an encouraging word to someone. There are people that need to be discipled. And we're all a part of that process, whether it's just, hey, I'm I'm somebody that can bring people to church. Hey, I can actually teach a a, a connect group. I can can lead a connect group. Whatever it is, we're all involved in that. And there's people that we can help serve that are both here in Amarillo and in the Houston area. Because, again, there's going to be a lot of things we're going to need to continue to do. See, and and what we want to do is we want to do this. It should flow out of us because we have an incredible friend in Jesus. See, when we're talking about finding a friend for the end of the world, if you've already made Jesus your Savior and Lord, you already have a friend for the end of the world. In fact, Jesus said this in John 15, I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from my Father. You need to know today that God wants you to live in peace. He doesn't want you to be anxious because he's your friend. Again, simply because you've received him as your Savior and Lord. So if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, which by the way, both of those things are important, because there's a lot of people when they come to Christ that they want to receive the Savior part. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins, but I don't really want the Lordship thing. I don't really want to have to follow you, and I don't really want to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And listen, you can't have one without the other. You won't be an instant disciple just so you know, and it starts with receiving him as Savior, but you've got to say, God, I, I surrender my heart and life to you. I'm, I'm willing to lay my life down to, to follow you. And if you've not done that, You need to find a friend for the end of the world. You do, because I promise when you walk through storms of your life and you know that Jesus is in the boat with you and you understand the promises of God, you know you're going to the other side. And you can stand confidently or you can sleep confidently just like Jesus did because you know you're going to the other side. You can be comforted, you can be prepared, and you can live your life focused through all the storms of your life. But it's simply opening up our hearts and life to Him. In fact, This first message, especially, and really throughout this series, is about people coming to know Christ. Making sure that you get that settled, because if you get that settled, everything else takes care of itself. So I want to pray for you. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.